0: Is is Upfront on the Voice of America. I'm Jackson Bungani in Washington. Thank you for joining us. As 2022 came to a close, a summit in the U.S. capital of Washington, D.C. brought together African leaders for a series of high-level meetings organized by U.S. President Joseph Biden. The summit was also attended by several young African innovators representing various sectors of the African economy many of them agreed that there was a need for a different engagement between the u.s and the african continent one that is based on trade and partnerships
1: if there are any investors that are listening and watching today if you do not consider africa as a viable investment you're not
0: considering
1: yourselves
0: or your future that is british actor idris elba speaking at the innovators gathering which was one of the side events in preparation for the summit and the 11th edition of the atlantic dialogues a conference by the policy center for the south was recently held in marrakesh morocco the meeting brought together high-level public and private sector leaders from around the atlantic basin for dialogue on issues ranging from security to economics, to migration and energy. Upfront correspondent Hannah Bezad attended the conference and brings us a report later on in the show. But as always, let's hear your opinions on our question of the week. And the question of the week is, how do we encourage young girls and young women to become leaders in STEM subjects? That is science, technology, engineering and math
2: girls are good in science, so we just need to change that mindset of boys being the best in, in town. And then there are some doctors who are around, and there are female doctors. Those doctors should be coming out, speaking in public, telling girls that they have done it, and they can also do it in school. Yeah, The, the doctors who are female should be role model. And they should be informing the other girls who are in schools that science is good for them and they can do well. Uh, what should be done is to as in done to encourage girls to take science subjects I think uh, first of all begins at home, uh, parents should be educated they should be taught how you know to in- involve the girls and let me say generally the children to teach them some things at home
3: now the thing is like this you know we girls actually we we tend sometimes to branch away from the science subjects when you try to look at the nurses and and then the doctors we have around the majority are men so what i want to say and maybe what can encourage them to do sciences are the teachers themselves at school <laughs>
0: In the lead-up to a busy week of meetings bringing together a number of African and American leaders representing public and private sectors, Secretary Blinken hosted a pre-summit event with African entrepreneurs, investors and influencers. He reminded the audience that Africa is the continent with the youngest population which, if properly tapped, can generate a demographic dividend that will benefit the whole world.
4: Today, more
2: than 60% of Africa's population is under the age of 25. By 2030, two in
0: every five people on this planet will be African. The meeting, dubbed the Innovators Gathering, Investing in U.S. Africa Cultural and Economic Ties, was addressed by a number of high profile leaders, including former U.S. President Barack Obama. In a video message, President Obama spoke about the need to invest in Africa's youth.
4: And I hope you use this gathering as an opportunity to build the connections you need to do even more. So congratulations on everything you've accomplished. And anyone looking for investment opportunities, I encourage you to look to Africa.
0: Because something special is happening there. British actor Idris Elba, who is of Sierra Leonean and Ghanaian heritage, called for a different type of relationship with Africa where Western government and companies invest in innovation and partnership instead of just providing foreign aid.
1: If there are any investors that are listening and watching today, if you do not consider Africa as a viable investment,
0: you're not considering yourselves or your future. Hosted in partnership with Google and the Tony Elumelo Foundation... The event also featured pitches by finalists of the first annual Africa Digital Innovation Competition for African Startups, which was organized by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce's U.S. Africa Business Center. One of the runners-up for the top prize was GrowAgric, a Kenyan-based agriculture technology platform that partners with small and medium-scale farms. GrowAgric founder Aure Alemede told the audience that in the last two years of its existence, her platform has helped increase both the farmers' productivity and revenue.
3: GrowAgric is not only farmer first, we also refer to ourselves as an agricultural technology by farmers for farmers because the founding team is made up of farmers. And that is what makes us unique. Our strength is the partnership we have with our farmers.
0: She was selected as a runner-up behind the competition's eventual winner, Imodoye Abiror, whose medical logistics startup provides a platform for delivery of critical medical services by connecting health facilities to suppliers and manufacturers of essential medical supplies.
1: Every single day in Nigeria, 145 pregnant women and 6,000 children with severe anemia die because they could not get a blood transfusion. While essential supplies... Goes to waste in, in- urban areas, routinely face talkouts and patients suffer. We are using technology, mobile application, 24 7 call center, and an autonomous flying vehicles to connect rural, rural hospitals to suppliers of es- essential medications,
0: and we deliver to them right at their doorstep. And now, joining me in studio are the three winners of the Digital Entrepreneurship Competition for African Startups. Tunde Oyebamiji is the co-founder of Health Botics, the winning startup that is best in Nigeria, is joined by Ore Alemede, co-founder of Grow Agric, best in Kenya. We're also joined by Frank Nana Ade, the co-founder of Shopper, best in Accra, Ghana. Guys, welcome to the studio. Thank you so much for joining me. Now, let me start with you, Tunde, to tell us about the inspiration behind your startup Health Botics. What solution are you bringing to the market of medical logistics?
1: Uh, Myself and my co-founder, we have a connection with this uh, particular venture. We know what it means to lose someone. We know what it means to lose a relative and someone very close to us. And of course, being doctors, we are both doctors. So being doctors, we understand, I mean, seeing patients every single day in the hospital come in because of these issues, like a lot of patients are sent in from the rural areas to the hospital where I work, and then before they come in, they come in dead mm. because they didn't have access to these essential supplies like blood, medication, and oxygen in those rural communities. So we thought that the best thing to do is actually to find a which actually connects rural centres to urban centres and make sure these es- essential supplies like blood medication and others are actually available to them within the shortest possible. Time.
0: right so so let's say a, a, a hospital in some rural area in nigeria wants access to you know has a patient in their facility that is sick and they don't have medicine but there's medication somewhere in, in lagos and they can see it in the database how does it get to them Okay, so that,
1: that, that's very simple. Like, so let me use the I mean, example of where we currently work, which is uh, I mean where we have our uh, largest like operation, which is in Ibadan, Oyo State, Nigeria. So basically, we have uh, two modes mode in which patients reach out to us, either via our application or via our 24-7 call center. And we did that because... In fact, initially, we were using three modes, actually. Application, 24-7 call center, and a sort of um, AI, which lives in patients, uh, what's the name WhatsApp and Twitter and things like that. But we had to remove the other one because it was not really effective. And this is why we have this multimodal coaches because we want people to actually be able to reach out to us regardless of where they are, whether they are in places where there is no internet or anywhere they are they could reach out to us either that or via a phone call. So when you call us, when you when you either reach out to us on on uh, via our app or you call us, we have a receiver that take, picks up the call, and then from there we have a I mean we have a kind of circuit that is linked already to the to the blood bank or the uh, pharmacy because we have a wide range I mean, we have connection with wide, wide range of pharmacy. and blood bank and other I mean other uh, other producers around in Ibado and outside of Ibado. So the call I mean the person at the call center picks up the call and then automatically that information is relayed to a dispatch rider which picks up the supply from anywhere it is and then use a motorcycle to actually deliver it to the rural area or sometimes depending on the on the urgency of the request if it's not that urgent and we think you can i mean we can deliver it at a later time we aggregate those requests and deliver it to them mm. and over the last couple of uh, uh, months we got um, a provisional license to operate an autonomous flying vehicle which a drone is a drone drone, uh, a drone, mm. drone technology mm. yeah, which actually helps to reduce the uh, delivery time and also make sure the uh, emergency supplies are quickly delivered in the right condition to those people that need it.
0: And uh, speaking of logistics, uh, Frank, let me come back to you. Let me get to you. Uh, You've had logistical problems to get here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you were able to make it. Uh, Talk to us about Shopper and how B2B delivery platforms work.
2: All right, sure. Thank you, and happy to be here. I think, I think it's going to be one of my most memorable <laughs> um, trips ever. So um, I'll talk about why, why we started Shopper. So initially, we're building a Salesforce automation tool to help uh, brands track their sales activities on the field. And then in 2020, we were hit by COVID and um, they were losing sales. Revenue was dropping. They couldn't afford our technology, right? So in our quest to understanding why they were losing sales, we realized that there were retailers, on the other hand, who needed access to this inventory or goods from these manufacturers, but they struggled to get them. They need to roam about six hours in the open market looking for this product, right? So we built a platform that one allows these retailers to source inventory directly from the manufacturers or supplies, and we have it delivered to their shop within four hours. And then, whilst we were doing that after six months, we realized that they were also <coughs> facing working capital issues, so they were unable to access um, capital to grow their business. So mm-hmm. we integrated um, a third-party financial service where we give these retailers access to working capital. Like microloans? Yeah, microloans, mm-hmm. exactly, to <coughs> to actually grow their business, yeah. So a retailer will go on our platform. So depending on their tech-saviness, because most of them are not tech-savvy. Right. So we have a mobile app. We also have a call center. We also have a sales agent. We also have WhatsApp text message where they used to place their orders. Once we receive it, we process it through our micro-distribution center, and then we have it delivered to them within four hours.
0: So you actually do also logistics in a way too. Yes, so they, yes, That's yes. another component of yeah, it. Yes, so yes. So lending, logistics, one. shopping... All right, so let me come to you, Ore. Thank you so much for joining us again. We saw you uh, on Africa 54 today uh, talking about Grow a Greek, your startup based in Kenya. Uh, talk to us about the importance of agriculture. You know, the continent uh, imports a lot of food, even though we have a lot of land that is unfarmed. But why are we struggling to feed our people? Why is the continent struggling to feed its people? Maybe talk to us about the inspiration of why you, you started Grow a Greek.
3: Yes, thank you for having me here today. Um, when you first said what's the importance of agriculture, I was going to say, Have you eaten today? <laughs> <laughs> because if you've eaten today, there you go. Very important. Um, in terms of how Grow Agric was um, founded, uh, myself and my co founder are very passionate about agriculture. I'm passionate because my family, my parents are actually farmers, both of my parents, they farm so many different things, livestock crops. Uh, my co founder, David Njojo, is also a farmer. And um, we've seen firsthand the impact um, of lack of working capital on farmers. We actually spent so much in 2020 spending time with farmers to try and understand if we're going to solve a problem for you, which one should we solve first? And we had originally thought, you know, connect farmers to buyers, but a lot of the farmers said to us, if I have not got money, the issue of me finding buyers Mm. does not exist. And, because of the time when we started as well, 2020 was COVID, right? So, by the time we're starting Greg Greek, it, the economy was starting to open up to a certain extent, not fully. And we found that many of the farmers we actually started with were farmers who they could not go back to farming because the margins are so low and as a result of COVID they had to use their margins their mm. profit and capital to take care of their family. So while everyone was happy that oh things are opening back up and I can go on and start my life again they could not. So we started with those farmers and it's stories like that to be able to say we actually help someone get back on their feet mm. and they're still on their feet two years from today. Describe to us the what relationship well, so
0: what, what, do you, what do they come to you for? What do you give them?
3: So a farmer comes to us through two avenues. One they either come through a farmer group or an aggregator network or they come direct we found that every single farmer introduces an average of 4 other farmers so we have a lot of farmers coming direct to us and they usually require working capital so they need money to um, farm. A lot of them actually have the existing infrastructure, but they just don't have, for example, money to put the chickens in the space mm-hmm. or to buy the feeds. So we provide that working capital support for the farmers. That was what we started with. And then we eventually are in a place now where, over the last couple of years, we've matured. In addition to working capital, we also provide the farmers with insurance to cover unforeseen circumstances. We have a farm management app that helps them make better decisions. And now we also not connect them to buyers at the end of the farming cycle. So we work all the way from the beginning to them making profit. Selling their, yes. their
0: goods to, to the farmers. Yes. The last mile is quite important. Um, uh, let, let me come to you, Nana. Uh, in terms of trade on the continent, lots of informal, I think I, I read somewhere or you said something about 70% of the trade that happens on the continent is informal. What impact does that have on the local economies?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's difficult, yeah, because um, unfortunately, they play a very critical role in every economy on the continent, right? Because, again, they also contribute about 80% of jobs on the continent and not in Ghana alone. Mm-hmm. So they are very, very important. But then Uh, Most of them are also not tech-savvy, right? They are used to traditional ways of doing businesses. So when you introduce technology to a typical retailer, they are like, I don't know what you are talking about, right? So what we found out and um, worked very well is that instead of selling the technology, we're selling the solution. Because we are like, you are struggling to have access to inventory. You struggle to restock your shop. You're also unable to access credit facility, I'm going to provide you an avenue where you'll be able to restock your shop. Also, if you are comfortable, you can have access to credit. Forget about how I'm doing it. So when we started, we tried to fit um, ourselves into their current model. So initially, we were using Excel sheets to be taking their orders, try to connect them to manufacturers, distributors, and then, and then gradually, we decided to uh, move them towards using technology. So we sent out sales agents on the field who were training most of these people. And it's amazing that most of them are getting comfortable using technology. And if you're able to get majority of them to do that, mm-hmm. I think it's going to solve a lot of problems. There's another issue where brands, manufacturers, struggle to have track data. How mm. is their product performing in the market? And they spend as much as 10% of their annual revenue on research. Yeah. But then once you're able to digitize this whole value chain, they are able to have Just access that. to that data yeah, instantly right. without having to... Um, conduct a marketing agency to do that for them. So we, what we are mm. doing currently with AB InBev in the Ghanaian market through Accra Bureau is that we are interfacing our technology with their business operations. So they are able to track from ordering to deliveries mm. to data insights as well.
0: Interesting. Yeah. That collection of data uh, is quite interesting. I want to ask you the last question. It, it's uh, I'm going to put it to everybody, uh, starting with you, uh, Tunde. Tunde. Um, Obviously, part of why you are pitching is you're looking for more investment in these startups in your companies. What would that investment look like, and what would it do for you or for your company?
1: Yeah, thank you very much. I mean, so uh, I would just look at it in two ways. So, getting investment like this will help us to, to do two things. The first is that the issue of um, logistics and um, shortage of uh, critical supply is actually a pan Nigerian problem, if, if, even if not pan Africa, actually. So, fun, I mean, getting funds like this will actually help us. I mean, try to like scale up and actually be in more states in Nigeria. So we're looking at being in about twenty states by Q, q, q three of twenty twenty four, and also we already get we already got a kind of temporary license for us to run drone technology in Nigeria. So we actually use the money to actually complete our registration and also try to do mass pilots of this autonomous flying vehicle to actually see. I mean, we already established data to know that it works in Nigeria. So we want to like use. The extra money to get them in and also do a kind of mass pilot second stage and mass pilot to actually see i mean the impact of those on on, on, on delivery and then the time it takes to actually like get those things there so two things to expand to other other regions in nigeria and also to actually get um, this technology this critical technology which actually helps shorten the time for delivery of these essential supplies
0: okay right now you are working in how many states right now we're working in five states right? five states yeah, okay time. you're planning to expand that to 20? 20. States, yeah. okay that's quite
1: ambitious well, I mean, we started just about, we started commercially about 10 months ago, so, and we've already moved about 8,000 units of essential medical supplies actually. Mm-hmm. And we've already reached out to one host, nine hospitals, I mean, in those three states. So we actually think when we actually actually. Which those says
0: that states. you're responding to a critical need. There that, was a I mean, gap in the market. Yeah, there was you really a huge gap in the market. Yeah. I and mean, we
1: told ourselves that, like, what, 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 I mean, this thing would take some people five years to do, we would do it within a couple of years, mm. say, three years max. Get there and
0: those yeah. things. Nana, what would investment and scaling mean for you? How would scaling look for you for, for your company, for Shopper?
1: Yeah, so
2: for us, um, the vision or the main idea of Shopper is to build the um, infrastructure that is powering distribution on the continent. So even when you look at our current business, we have. An integrated marketplace where we've integrated logistics, we've integrated financial service, and then we are also trying to work with brands on our platform. So for us, um, funding would mean scaling and creating more jobs because we currently have our logistics app that we've opened to third parties. So any individual that has fleets are able to host their fleet on a shopper platform. And depending on their location, they are able to do fulfillment as well. So, further develop the product. Um, I mentioned earlier that we are building a SaaS version of our model where we in, um, interface our technology with the operations of the manufacturers, right? So that is also going to do that funding will help us to be able to fully build um, on that technology as well, creating more jobs as well. So in the nutshell, I'll say achieving full digitization. Yeah, and mm-hmm. also scaling to other markets because we are currently based in only one region in Ghana, that is Accra. So we are planning to scale to other regions, Kumasi, Takradi, and also go to other markets. Right.
0: All right. What are your projections? What is five years from now look for you? In I don't want to say in your dream, in your dreams, but in my reality, in your reality, in my future reality, isn't
3: it? Um, So at the moment, we've been able to work with over 2,500 farmers in less than two years. Um, Getting access to fund for us just means so many things. But I think the two key one is one we all know everyone talks about we need a 70% increase in food production and companies like ours are filling that gap. And we, before, you know, we needed 50, and now we need 60, and now we need 70. So the need keeps increasing as the population grows, and to be able to fill that gap is what funding does for us. The second thing, on a personal level for myself and my team, our premise is to help farmers to farm better and earn better. And what we do at Grow at Greek achieves so much impact, increases our farmers' revenue, you know, it helps them send their kids to school, it increases the quality of life, the, the, the better our mind frames are even as individuals, the better we can do our job so funding will allow us to be able to empower tens and hundreds of thousands of farmers and by empowering that farmer, that trickles down to their children and that trickles down to generation and just to, you know like just seeing people starve is such a terrible thing mm. and just being able to contribute to reducing that through what we do is what funding will do for us
0: mm. it feels like a personal mission yeah it's a, it's a
3: personal it's a person, personal mission of yeah. course we would like to scale we would like to go to more locations and more countries mm. that is absolutely important but the, the the personal impact of what we do is is just it's the greatest of all for mm-hmm. us.
0: Talk to us about that personal connection.
3: It's sort of the difference between watching a movie on TV and watching it in a cinema and actually going to a theatre. Mm-hmm. Having that personal experience that we do means we're not just talking about something that we've heard of, we're something talking about something that impacts us. Without famine and my parents being able to get the support that they did, I wouldn't have gone to the school I went, I wouldn't have had the life I have. I I wouldn't be where I am today. So it's just saying I'm one person and I've got two siblings and the impact on the two siblings and the impact on the other people I've been able to impact. Mm. It's that trickle down effect that, you know, it, it drives us. And what we do is quite difficult. We talk about it as well. We always make it sound, you know, like, oh, we've been impacting these. But there are times when we have to go back to us, the thing we have that to go really back in, you. Yeah. What is and, it that, and is, that is what yeah. drives us, and yeah. that is what throws us, particularly like in the middle of the night. Like coffee helps, but nothing helps beyond your your, own <laughs> your personal, personal inspiration.
0: inspiration. Your personal story. Yeah. I love it. I love it. That was ore Alemede. She's the co-founder of Grow Agric. She was joined by Tunde Oyebamiji, co-founder of Health Botics, and Nana Ade Frank nane Ade. She's the co-founder of Shopper. The three young African innovators were in Washington, D.C., after their pitches won the Digital Entrepreneurship Competition for African Startups. This is up front on the Voice of America. I'm Jackson Vunganyi. And let's go to North Africa in Morocco, where the 11th edition of the Atlantic Dialogues, a conference by the Policy Center for the New South, was recently held in the city of Marrakesh. The meeting brought together around 350 high-level public and private sector leaders from around the Atlantic Basin to discuss issues affecting the region. Those issues ranged from security, economics, migration to energy. And upfront correspondent Hannah Bezard attended the conference and brings us this report.
5: The general feeling of the participants was indeed that while the nations of the world, and particularly from the global south, We're barely out of the most painful and costly phase of the COVID-19 pandemic and we're still trying to deal with its consequences and begin the recovery phase. They were then forced also to confront the consequences of a war for which they were not even responsible. But that has now severe impact in terms of surging energy and food prices, high inflation rates and increasing public debt. In this context, many leaders pointed that the appalling trajectories various systems of consumption and production are on, leaving the vast majority excluded from wealth. Younger leaders express more concerns regarding climate change and the consequences on food security, among others. Concerns and solutions, too. Tech entrepreneur Hamzarka, co-founder of Sowit, a startup providing data and intelligence to large agricultural organizations helping farmers to sustainably earn more, shares his experience with us.
4: I do believe this edition is very special uh, because uh, the world seems a bit in turmoil with all what's happening, but at the same time, there are so many opportunities we have today in the South and especially in the African continent uh, when it comes to ensuring food security, uh, when it comes to building emerging economies when it comes to educating the youth. And I'm very happy that uh, this edition not only uh, was much more diverse than the other one, in the sense that it not only invited policymakers, but also entrepreneurs, for example, or more and more uh, players from the civil society. And at the same time, that this edition is also an edition that we don't only talk about the war, about the inflation, I mean, about pessimism and and, and, and things that are a bit hard to admit, but we also talk about all the opportunities that are behind a new global order.
5: Precisely, I think uh, you shared uh, very interesting thoughts as an entrepreneur in the uh, environmental space. Can you tell us more of your perception of how this multi multifaceted issue is appreciated, understood, addressed in this uh, audience, and more about your uh, work.
4: Yes, uh, I, I do believe that at a policy-making level, there is some misperception about what entrepreneurs are, uh, in the way that they're perceived as practitioners, practical people evolving in the real economy, and companies are made to make money. But in a certain way, entrepreneurs is also people that think, that build a vision around philosophical concepts and around things they want to achieve in a world that is fastly evolving, uh, over which certain principles and values are being hardly challenged. For me, my feeling is, as an entrepreneur, I could not only share my vision of a technology that is not anymore against nature in the way that it looks forward, Uh, to domesticate in it in order to get the most of it for human welfare, but also technology that is more and more in observing, understanding, measuring, respecting nature on a daily basis in order to make it work
0: the best way possible. that's it for this episode of Upfront on the Voice of America. Many thanks to all of you, our listeners, our guests, and correspondents from around the continent. For more current news and analysis, visit our website at VOAAfrica.com. Also, connect with us on all social media platforms. We are on Facebook and Instagram at VOAUPFRONT. Until next time, I'm Jackson Vungani in Washington, wishing you a great week ahead, Africa. <laughs>
3: A message in the public interest from VOA Africa.
1: The World Health Organization and Africa Center for Disease Control say we all can help fight the global pandemic by frequently washing our hands with soap and water or using hand sanitizers. For more information on protecting yourself and others, check with reliable sources such as the WHO and Africa Center for Disease Control And remember to listen to VOA for the latest on COVID-19.
3: That was a message in the public interest from VOA Africa. Hello, this is Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Like to stay on top of new music trends, breakout artists, new releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and the artists of the past.